Sawadi Cup and welcome to another episode here for the Funk Report for Mindful Media and Communication. I'm glad you're back. I'm glad you're hopefully also more savvy than last time. So you're very savvy listeners by now. Um, I hope you're ready for another maybe eye-opening episode here of the media um, mindful media and communications podcast i'm still your host my name is still sasha you know me and today we are diving headfirst into the sometimes treacherousy of news consumption in this digital age that we're living in so i hope you're ready to navigate those murky waters of uh, misinformation disinformation and so on and are ready to discover the hidden gems of reliable reporting so well kind of like want to say buckle up <laughs> if you will and prepare to be i hope informed i hope somewhat entertained and maybe even a little bit perplexed let's get it on so let's start with the challenges that we face when we're consuming news today all right so i think i thought it's a, a decent intro so that we understand like what's what's the problem right now also picture this you're you're scrolling through your social media feed and suddenly you're bombarded with like this avalanche of news articles, memes, and hey, cat videos, right? You you know you know that feeling. It's like a virtual like a virtual circus, if you will, right? And amidst all this chaos, there's like one big challenge that all of us face. And that challenge is misinformation. It is dreaded fake news, and I hate it too by now. It's been played way too much. Right? But this this fake news thing that just spreads faster than, I know, your own Sally's embarrassing Facebook post, for example. Uh, or, or I could also say my dad, but I didn't want to throw him under the bus here. <laughs> so misinformation is like this, this sneaky chameleon, right? It's, it's kind of like disguising itself as truth, and then it wreaks havoc on your perception of reality, how you feel about stuff, and so on. And it's, of course, also fueled by the speed and by the ease of sharing information online, right? It's, it's kind of like difficult to, to discern like fact from fiction. Yeah, so we're living in an era right now, and you know that, yeah, where everyone has the power to be a news source. But unfortunately, not everyone has the responsibility to verify their information, right? And we've all been there. It doesn't even need to be like, like, uh, like fake news on purpose or you're not you're not spreading fake news on purpose you're like oh my god really that's true and then you share it right without without knowing that it's fake news for example so to tackle this challenge we need to sharpen obviously critical thinking skills that's the one thing i think that we all at university ag agree on that that we want that students to be better at or develop critical thinking how to do it is a different question right so let's explore a few theories that might that might help you understand like why the news media also contains lots of this disinformation and so on. We have one media theory that plays into that is called agenda setting theory. That suggests that um, the media has the power to influence public opinion by choosing what kind of stories they co cover and what they omit from different stories. Yeah, so, for example, um, a news a news source such as CNN might choose to talk about the submarine for two weeks, but then not about Biden's slip up, confusing the war in Ukraine with Iraq and whatnot. 
Okay. And I'm not throwing anyone under the bus here. I'm just giving an example that we could have seen in, over the past few weeks here, right? So them omitting something is, of course, also very telling and part of this agenda setting. And one that one theory that, that relates to that is what we call the spiral of silence theory that explains how individuals you know, might be hesitant to voice opinions that differ from what they perceive as the majority. Okay, so yeah, you, if you're with friends and then all friends are like, hey, I'm supporting this one thing. And even if you don't, you might not say it. You're like, ah, uh, okay, you do this. I don't want to stand out, stick out right now. I don't want anyone to be mad at me and so on. So if you understand those those theories, and there are many more, of course, I don't want to turn this into a uni lecture now, but by understanding that there are different theories that media production companies, houses, news outlets, and so on are using, we can hopefully be more aware of the influence um, that media has on our perceptions. Okay, so every time you consume something in the media, you got to understand that there's an approach behind it, a reason behind it, there's a goal behind it. Okay, so, and again, I'm not saying one is right and wrong, like left, right, whatever, it's always the case, no matter what you're consuming. All right, so that's something um, important to take away, I think, in the early beginning. Now, the question is, that we, now that we understand that, right, like how, how do we evaluate those news sources and how do we recognize bias? And, you know, bias is like this, 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 this pesky relative that you have, like when you meet for, I don't know, for, for Thanksgiving, for Christmas or whatnot, this one relative who always thinks they're right with anything, right? So bias, bias is everywhere, right? And it, of course, also influences how news stories are presented. There's political bias, for example, if someone is more on the left or more on the right side, right? Classic example, CNN versus Fox, for example. There's commercial bias, right? If, if, if I present the news in a certain light, then maybe I benefit from it in a commercial way. Then there's sensationalism. Yeah, and it makes you like kind of question if if aliens are running the world, for example, or reptilians, of course. You you get the idea, right? So again, there's so many different factors that might drive news presentation that you have to take a step back and think, huh, how how can I navigate this this bias minefield? You you might wanna like become like a media detective, if you want to call it that that way, and try to explore the importance of verifying credibility of news sources. You, know, you could check for editorial transparency, for example, and you could consider the reputation of journalists. The problem here, of course, is that it's lots of work. So do we want this? Do this? Do, do we? Yes, we want probably, but do we have the time to do that, right? Can we really check every article that we read? Can we check like every clip that we watch? Like who is it? Which company is he, she, they are working for? What's their background? It's a lot of work, right? So ah, it's very difficult. Um, but however, reliable news sources usually will provide at least some clear sourcing and they will distinguish between news and opinion pieces. So they will say this is an opinion piece by... 
our columnist, this is now just the news, for example. Okay, but it it still is quite some work. Yeah, also like agenda setting theory is of course part here, like of how news organizations prioritize certain stories over others, how this then influences public opinion, of course, again, what we mentioned earlier by choosing what to cover. We also have the, the framing theory here, which we mentioned in a previous podcast, which explains how news outlets, right, can frame a story in a specific way to sway your perception. You know, they cut something out, they omit something, they they add like a bit more information to it, they exaggerate it a little bit, for example. Okay, so those are all ways that news outlets have to make you go, oh, yeah, I agree, I disagree, and so on. Right? So, if we are aware of those biases, we can hopefully be more discerning when it comes to news consumption and hopefully you know, figure out how to separate this, the, the fact from opinion. I don't want to say fiction, but from opinion. Okay. And one part we hear a lot, right? It's like, oh, fact checking. Yeah, the secret weapon against the dark force of misinformation. Um, yeah, you can think of it like like Star Wars, kind of like a thing, like a, the epic battle between like the good and the bad, truth and lies. And there are some there are some pretty cool, incredible fact checking organizations out there. Yes, Snopes, Politifact, and so on. They they dedicate their days to sorting fact from fiction. Question is, of course, again, do they have an agenda? I'm not saying they have, but that's yeah, what you always have to to ask yourself. And that's why I also think that fact-checking isn't just a responsibility of experts. You cannot just rely on, on Snopes or on PolitiFact, right? You've you got you to gotta have your own responsibility. Everyone should be a fact-checker to some extent. And there are practical tips out there for fact-checking, for uh, checking information. Yeah, reputable sources, cross-referencing information. Find the primary sources when, when possible. Yeah, remember, trust is good, but always verify. All right, so everyone can do those basic things. When it comes to a few more media theories that we want to relate here, yeah, we can talk about gatekeeping theory, for example, um, which under, helps us to understand the role of journalists as gatekeepers of information, if you want to, yeah, deciding which news reach the public, for example. Um, yeah, just highlights that, that response to journalism is really important and that journalists need to critically evaluate the news source because they're kind of like our gateway, right? It's like also like you could also add like the two-step uh, communication theory here that we don't get the, the news directly from where it happens, but there's a second step in between the journalist, the anchor, whoever is serving us those news, this information, right? And we rely on them to give us the truth, which might be the problem. Again, throwback to what I just said, to, to all the bias. Another one would be the media literacy theory, right? It's a pretty important framework, I believe, it, that emphasizes the importance of really developing those media literacy skills, such as like the ability to, to analyze, evaluate, and critically engage with, with media content, all the things we just mentioned earlier, right? And if you hone those skills, we can navigate the complex confusing media landscape more effectively and hopefully become more informed consumers of media and, and news content, of course. Now, yeah, I talk a lot about mindful media and so on. So 
Now, before I wrap this up, this, this wild ride through biased news consumption, let's discuss some practical tips for being mindful for consumers in, in this age if you want to, right? So first and foremost, I think it's important that you diversify your news sources. It don't just rely on a single outlet for all your information. Like here, I record this podcast in Bangkok. Here in Thailand, every time I ask my students, hey, so what's your go-to source? They all say it's the BBC or like, I know, 80% say they're BBC. And like, why? Well, they're very trustworthy. Yeah, they somehow got this reputation and I'm not, not hating on it. I'm just saying, even if you think that they are very trustworthy, maybe having a more diverse source of news isn't a bad thing. All right. So diversify your news sources. Yeah, don't just rely on, rely on a single outlet. You also want to know what other people are thinking. And don't just find that one outlet that agrees with you, with your opinion. So seek different perspectives and yeah, avoid falling into those, those pesky echo chambers. Because once you're in there, it's hard to recognize that you're in an echo chamber. It's hard to get out. It's, you always see like the things that agree with you and you're like, yeah, I'm right. I'm right. And you don't feel the need to, to step out of this echo chamber anymore. So don't just, don't just fall into it. Avoid falling into it. And yeah, again, before I wrap it up in just a moment, but we're also going to talk about your emotions, actually our emotions, mine too. Like how do we manage our emotions? And news can be super overwhelming, especially when it's really like stories of tragedy and conflict and so on. Right? So it's important to find a balance between staying informed and protecting our mental well-being. Yeah, you got to take breaks. You got to focus on self-care and you got to remember that it's okay to step back when things get too intense. That's very important. Yeah, like I said, I, I teach this stuff, right? I'm at the Faculty of Journalism and Mass Communication. So I'll, my job is to be as informed as possible, obviously. But even if it's my job, like this 24-7 being exposed to the media all the time, to news all the time, following everything, it's super taxing. And I, am, I have to step back at times as well, and that's okay. Because only if you step back sometimes, you can then jump back into it and maybe get a different perspective on things and find energy to, to work better, smarter again, right? So that's very important. So do think about your self-care. Think about your mental well-being. Do take a step back at times. Lastly, um, yeah, be responsible new sharers, of course. Yeah, before you hit that share button, always double-check the credibility of the source, verify information, and so on. And I don't mean to sound like a teacher here, but this happens to me too. If I see something that connects emotionally to me, like, oh, yeah, oh, and then I want to share it, I have to be like, hey, one second. I'm not going to hit share now. I'm going to think about it for a second. And then I share it. Then, then I add my own opinion to it, maybe. Yeah. So just to show that I actually thought about it. And if you do this, yeah, if you thought about it, and then you're going to share it. Go ahead. Nothing, yeah, nothing bad about that. But just think about what you're about to share, what you're about to pass on. And if you think, yeah, I stand for that, that's cool. Then do it. Right? So I always, I, always, I always appreciate shares more if there's also some opinion with it or some reason why someone shared it, not, not just like share. All right. So yeah, be mindful of your contribution that you can have to this, this, this news ecosystem. Because if we, if we do that, we can all help create a more informed and a more, I want to say, more responsible digital community, I think. So I call you media savvy friends in the beginning. I call you media savvy friends at the end. We've reached this, um, the end of this episode right now. I hope you took something away from it. 
I hope also that you're leading with a bit of a sharper sense of of news navigation, maybe maybe a desire to be like those heroes of your own information journey, like meaning figuring out things on your own, not just relying on others. And I hope you remember that critical thinking and media literacy are somewhat our superpowers in this digital age. Because if you do that, then you're not like the masses that just follow someone. You make your own informed decisions. So thank you for joining me on this, yeah, as I said earlier, wild ride through the labyrinth of news consumption in this digital age that we're in. Um, I hope you stay curious. I hope you stay skeptical. I hope you will always keep questioning whatever you're consuming because together we can, I think, navigate this ever-changing media landscape and become the masters of our own information destiny. Having that said, thank you once again. If you found this information useful, helpful, and so on, do leave a like, do share it, um, leave a review if you can. It's very helpful, of course. Um, and until then, I say take care, stay safe. We talk soon. Sawadee kap.